result. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Hello, it's me. <laughs> ah, hello, fuck nuts. It is me. I am back. Did you miss me? I know you did because I got the greatest messages while I was on my unplanned little five-week hiatus. Some of them were threatening about how I better put on a fucking episode because you bitches are not having it. Sorry for your loss. Here I am. I don't even know, honestly, what happened. I took like one week off because I just wasn't feeling it in life. Um, My friend Trey calls it uh, a wallow weekend. <laughs> <laughs> where you just sit in the house for a few days and don't move off the couch and just, you know, sulk. Um, and then I was sick. I got super sick. I have this like tonsil shit going on. And the insurance companies, those motherfuckers, only in America do you have fucking health insurance and they still won't take care of what you need done. If you have tonsillitis, tonsil stones, issues with your tonsils, you need to show with any insurance company, not even just shitty insurance, Seven recorded incidents of being sick because of your tonsils in one year or five a year for two years or three a year for three years. You're fucking telling me that these tonsils, when I tell you they're giving me like flu-like symptoms, I was dead on the couch like I had the flu. I had the chills. I was fucking like shaking. I was sweating for, for like, I would say probably four days before I felt somewhat normal. And you're telling me I need to do that seven fucking times in a year for you to tell me that it's medically necessary? You need a doctor to tell you seven times? What about two? What about three? Shut the fuck up. And honestly, what are they trying to protect themselves against? Are people getting cosmetic tonsil surgery? What is the point of getting your motherfucking tonsils out, which is an annoying, apparently painful recovery, okay? If you don't actually need it, who's faking getting their tonsils out? If this was a fucking nose job to get rid of a little bit of my fucking honker up here, I could see what you're saying. You need a medical necessity. But they're fucking tonsils. What difference does it make to me other than life improvement and quality to get these fucking things ripped out of my throat? Fuck you. Fuck you. I swear, sometimes America is just such bullshit. Okay, first things first. Yesterday, we had a pop music emergency, okay? Out of nowhere, there's been rumors about Britney Spears and Will I Am collaborating. We're going to get into some Britney shit today. There's been rumors about this song coming out called Mind Your Business, and nobody knew if it was true or not. Nobody knew what to believe. And honestly, given the current landscape surrounding all of the Britney shit, you never get your hopes up. There's rumors every fucking week. She's putting out an album. She's working on something secretly. The TikTok conspiracy theories will tell you that it's not her and her videos. It's a body double. She's in hiding. She's going to come back out with this, this major comeback and reintroduce herself to the world. It's all fucking bullshit, right? So I was elated to go on Instagram yesterday and see that Will I Am posted a teaser saying that tomorrow, meaning today, we were getting a new song, Britney and Will I Am. I lost my fucking mind. I was running around in circles. I was watching old videos of Britney. I was getting excited. I was getting in the mode. And since then, things have taken a turn for me. And I'm going to explain to you and the general population who doesn't know enough about Miss Britney Spears why I feel this way. First of all, Will I Am can go fuck himself 
because this motherfucker is tweeting and Instagramming this fucking thing, this terrible teaser. Okay, can we talk about that? First of all, there is no Britney Spears slander in my life on this show, on my social media. I love that woman till the end of my life, okay? She is one of the greatest pop stars who has ever existed. And what that bitch did in five years of her career is more than most bitches do in 30, okay? Don't talk to me about Britney Spears because you're mad that she's danced around in circles on Instagram. She deserves to dance around in circles on Instagram if she wants to after the shit she's fucking accomplished in her career, okay? So mind your fucking business. Oh, that's funny. Mind your business. <laughs> anyway, I was losing my mind. Williams tweeting out, Instagramming all this shit, saying it's coming tomorrow, okay? And then today, here I am sitting around all day. I had an interview to do today. During my interview, about halfway through, I'm like, fuck, I'm really enjoying this interview, but I just want it to be over because, you know, everything's on California time with these people. So I bet if I just, you know, get off this interview, refresh my phone, the song's going to be out. They've been saying tomorrow. It didn't come out at midnight. We all waited for it at midnight. We thought it was going to drop. We all waited till fucking 3 a.m. because we thought it was going to drop on Pacific time. Nothing happened. We're like, all right, something's going to happen at like noon, one, two o'clock Pacific time. Maybe it'll be a video drop. Who knows? Okay. Will I post another teaser at approximately six o'clock Eastern time saying that the song will drop on Friday? So why the fuck did you say tomorrow? You didn't post any good clips. You didn't post a clip of a music video. You didn't make a new announcement. There was no announcement that you were referring to. For tomorrow, meaning today. What the fuck are you talking about tomorrow? Just to tell us that it's coming out on Friday? Fuck you, Will I Am. So I was initially excited, and then I was, with more thought, aggravated. I'm cautiously optimistic, but things are not looking too hot from my perspective. So if you don't know the history, Britney Spears put out an album in 2011 called Femme Fatale. It had Hold It Against Me, it had Till the World Ends, I Wanna Go. Those are the popular singles. Love that fucking album. Very electronic. It was produced by Dr. Luke mostly before the controversy, before there was any drama attached to him. Speaking objectively, taking that out of the equation because that hadn't happened yet at this time, he is a production wizard. He's so good at what he does. Apparently a terrible person, really great at producing music. So that album was fire. Following that album, the Vegas announcement had come out that she was going to start doing her residency, which is just another way that she has revolutionized the fucking music industry yet again and what pop stars do with their career because that bitch started the trend of Vegas. Before Britney Spears had a Vegas show, nobody was doing Vegas unless their fucking careers were dead. And Celine Dion, I would never say that about her. Celine Dion, Vegas was her thing. She was the thing in Vegas. But other than that, it was like fucking Wayne Newton a couple comedians, like nobody did a Vegas residency as far as a popular pop star who was still hot and still trying to put out music that was relevant. You know, like that wasn't happening. In fact, a lot of people subtly made fun of her in interviews when they asked people about what they thought about Britney doing a Vegas residency. Fast forward to the next four years to now, everyone's doing a Vegas residency. It is the thing to do if you're like a hot star or you like used to be really cool in the 2000s. But a lot of currently successful people are doing Vegas residencies. And who started that fucking trend? Britney fucking Spears. So in 2013, when this Vegas residency was coming about, she was teasing an album called Britney Jean. 
The album came out and it was questionable. So it was produced, executive produced by Will I Am. Personally, do I think Will I Am is talented? Yes. Do I love the Black Eyed Peas? Did I see them live a bunch of times? 100%. I don't like Will I Am's production style when it comes to his solo music. He has a few songs I like. I liked Scream and Shout with Britney. I like, um, I can't remember the name. I think it's called Feeling Myself with Miley Cyrus on his album Willpower. He has a song with Justin Bieber called That Power on Willpower. Love that fucking song. There's songs I like by him, but in general, I feel like his production style sounds dated when it comes out and it's current. So in 2013, when he was releasing music, I felt like that music that was supposed to be current sounded dated and not in the way where like it's bringing back an old sound or it's vintage the way The Weeknd is doing the 80s or the way a lot of artists are doing like the 70s funk print style now like but but modernizing it and still keeping uh the parts of of the style and the genre that make it what it is but yet it sounds modern i feel personally with will i am that i think everything he puts out sounds dated and and outdated rather as soon as it comes out that's just my opinion i don't prefer his production style so when i saw that britney spears was coming out with another song the first one since hold me closer and that it was will i am I was kind of like, eh, excited, but eh, okay. The other problem is that this album in 2013, Britney Jean, was marketed by her and her team as her most personal album ever. The most personal album ever where she wrote all the songs, all this fucking shit that they're promoting, right? Now, on this album, she worked with a backup vocalist named Maya Marie, who had previously done backups for her on uh, Femme Fatale. I think that was the first album she came in. She might have been on Circus on one or two songs. I can't remember. I have to look that up. She may have been on Circus for a song or two. But on Femme Fatale, she was uh, more present with the background vocals. And she also records a lot of demos because she will mimic Britney's voice. Now, if you're a Britney fan, I'm not talking about the kind of people who know Hit Me Maybe One More Time, Slay For You, and Toxic. I'm talking about fans like me who know every song on every album, who have listened to a bunch of unreleased songs by her. If you have followed her and really listened to her stuff in depth, you know her voice. It's very specific to her. It's very recognizable. There's nobody who sounds like her. So this backup vocalist, Maya Marie, will do demos for people to either pitch to Britney or to play it for her, just the beginnings of the song in a voice that's different than her normal singing voice. And that voice sounds more like Britney Spears. It's an imitation. And if you don't know Britney that well, her voice, you might think it's her. It almost sounds like in certain songs, in certain demos, that it could be her. So she's on pretty much like every song on Britney Jean as a backup vocalist. The album comes out and we're all as fans listening to it and collectively like, I don't know who the fuck this is singing, but this is not Britney Spears. There was so much controversy and so much drama surrounding that fucking album about how the majority of it was not Britney Spears' vocals and how Maya Marie was used as the lead vocalist in a lot of the tracks. There are certain songs on that album where you listen to it and you're like, Mm-mm, this is not Britney Spears, not at all. Work Bitch, a lot of the lead vocals, if you really listen to it or you break apart the stems of the song and you listen to those isolated. Some of it sounds like it could be her, but a lot of it is very clearly not. So that album was surrounded by so much drama. Obviously, it was not the most personal. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know whose fault that was. I don't know if Britney just wasn't into recording the album and they were trying to force it out of her and her team, especially everything that we all know now about the conservatorship and how much control she didn't have. I don't know if she even wanted that album done or out and they just kind of like took what they had and filled in the blanks and put something out anyway. Regardless, it was fucking stupid. If they thought that they were going to pass that off to diehard fans as Britney Spears' voice, like, you don't know us well. You're out of your fucking mind, bitch. So the other thing is that after this came out and after there was all this controversy, Maya Marie faced a lot of backlash from fans and media outlets, and they kind of like attacked her, which I do not think was fair because... As a backup vocalist, if you know anything about the music industry, when you sign certain contracts and you sign certain rights away, you don't really have control with what they do with your vocals. So in her situation, which is kind of unique, when you're recording a demo specifically to sound like this person's voice and you're kind of close enough and then you're recording the backup vocals and they take those vocals, the producers, anybody who's working in the studio, the label... And they put that now more in the forefront and try to pass you off as Britney. You don't really have control over that. You're not in the position to tell them no. And I don't even know if she knew how much that was going to happen before the album even came out. The album's full of other shit, too. Glitches, bad production, vocal. Like, it's full of fucking messes. The songs are okay. They're not great. There's a couple standouts. But then you realize that it's probably not her singing. And you're like, oh, well, then what's the point? So I didn't blame Maya Marie at the time. Now, fast forward. Will I Am announces that this song, Mind Your Business, is coming out this week. Now we know it's Friday because he lied to us about tomorrow. This song gets announced and we hear a little clip. And at the end, you hear what's supposed to be a Britney vocal saying, Mind Your Business. But it doesn't really sound like her. Kind of almost sounds very Britney Jean style. Like, is it her or is it this other fucking bitch? Then a clip resurfaces on TikTok of Maya Marie doing an interview a couple years back. And they're asking her, like, what's your favorite demos that you've done for Britney that you've sang that she didn't end up recording or releasing from the past? And she talks about one song called Unbroken, which I believe there's a version of her doing the demo. And then there's a version of Britney singing it. That's one of my favorite unreleased songs by her. It's so fucking good. And then she goes on to say, there is this other song, uh, something business that Will I Am wrote. It was like something business. Hold on, I'm gonna play it for you. There was one that Will I Am wrote. It was really cool. It was kind of rappy. Um, it was for Britney Jean. It was like business, something like business, like be up in my business. It was really cool. But um, those were two that stick out to me. Okay, so that is fucking crazy. So she's literally confirming that she recorded a demo for a song called Business, Mind Your Business, something about business, and it was a rap style, which is what it sounds like from that one vocal that's in the preview, okay? So she's confirming that. Then she posts Will I Am's teaser of the song to her story. Now, here's my question, okay? If you dealt with all this backlash that I have to believe was not pleasant, from the fans in 2013 about this album for something that, again, is most likely not your doing and not your fault. And now it seems like they're trying to do it again. Why would you involve yourself in that? And if you don't have a choice because you already signed away your rights to those vocals and that song and, and whatever the case is, 
posting it to your story, promoting it on your Instagram is like inviting the drama. So now we don't know what's going to happen. And now I'm way less excited because until this song drops on Friday and we all hear it as fans, it's like the most unique thing since 2013 with Britney. Like, is it actually going to be Britney? Like, who else as a fan of, of certain artists and music even has that question? Like, my, my favorite artist is releasing a song. Like, is it going to be actually them singing? Like, what? The only time that ever happens is when people are dead. There was all that drama about Michael Jackson's, um, what's the word, posthumous? Is that how you say it? Album where they were trying to say that The Weeknd recorded vocals and they were passing it off as Michael Jackson, which I don't know if that was him or not, but I don't think it was The Weeknd. I, I don't know. There's It never happens, though, unless someone is literally no longer here. It's so fucking strange, especially now that she's no longer in a conservatorship and she's free to make her own decisions. So, like, is she agreeing to this shit? I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm trying to reserve my judgment till Friday and hope that when the song comes out, that the vocals are very clearly her and that she re-recorded or recorded something that was older that they decided they want to release because they like it. That's fine with me. I don't care. I just need to wait till Friday to see if I believe that it's actually her. And it's unfortunate that we're even in this position. Also, I would like to tell Will I Am to go fuck himself yet again because the teasers actually let's not tell Will I Am to go fuck himself because we got to talk about the book too. Britney is coming out with her book, talking about her life story, her situation, everything that people have been waiting to hear about what's gone on with her. Her book is coming out in October. The teaser, let me tell you something, okay? Britney Spears got $20 million from her publisher to write this book. Does she fucking deserve every dollar of it? Hell yes. Give her that fucking money. $20 million for a book with one of the biggest publishers in books. And the teaser we got looks like it was made on fucking word art or, or, or fucking video shop. My teasers for this fucking show that I make myself in my living room look better than what they posted for this multi-million dollar, highly anticipated book that they want everybody to pre-order. Not to mention that the cover and the promotional image is a picture from approximately 2001 or 2002. How do I know that? Because I am such a Britney Spears obsessed fucking lunatic faggot ass bitch who grew up in the 90s that I know just by looking at her what era or what year that's from based on how she looks, based on the hair, based on the style. I know. So that photo is from either 2001 or 2002. I understand if she doesn't want to do photo shoots right now because she's expressed so many times that she's not interested in anything to do with the entertainment industry right now. And she wants to put the book out to get her story out and get that fucking check. Good for you, bitch. A 20-something-year-old image as the cover? Like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you at least do, like, a cover shoot for the book or maybe make it something that isn't a photo or make it, like, an image with a few different images so it seems less weird? It's just, like, a, a book cover with a 19- or 20-year-old Britney Spears. It makes no sense. And then the teaser for the song came out, and it's the same thing as the one from the book. It looks like absolute fucking garbage. It's just text. It's just, it's nothing. They can't hire someone for the book between her agent, who's apparently her best friend, and the publisher. They couldn't hire somebody that doesn't even cost a lot of money to make a really good announcement and teaser for the book. Between the label, Will I Am specifically, whoever the producer is, 
Britney Spears, her agent, whoever she's working with, they couldn't take all the money that they fucking have, a budget from the label that they're putting this song out that they know people are going to go nuts over because Britney doesn't release anything anymore. So they know people are going to go fucking crazy for it. You couldn't hire somebody to make a sick teaser as your announcement. Why are they just flopping this shit out like it's like it's no big deal? It makes no sense to me. Independent artists who are making music from their fucking basement are putting together better images than this. It's Britney Spears. Like, what are we doing? It's driving me up a fucking wall. And I'll tell you why. And this is I'm going to be my last point because I've gone on long enough about this. My thing is do it or don't. She's expressed so much how she wants nothing to do with performing, nothing to do with the entertainment industry. Our family and the industry has ruined her love for it and her passion. And with everything that's happened, if you don't know, there's a really great documentary on Hulu. So the series is called New York Time Presents, and there's two episodes. One is called Framing Britney Spears, I believe, where they give you like the whole story of if you don't understand the conservatorship and how she got into it, they give you that story. The second one is called Controlling Britney Spears. These are both episodes of New York Times Presents on Hulu. That fucking documentary is sickening. They tell you all the details of all the shit that allegedly happened to her while she was in this conservatorship. They were putting recording devices in her room to find out what she was saying. They were medicating her against her will and like drugging her up. There's all this crazy shit that they were uh, supposedly doing to her. So if you don't know those stories and you're interested, watch those two documentaries. I believe they're about an hour apiece. And they do feature some people who were involved in it. The first one has her longtime assistant and best friend telling a lot of stories. Um, her costume designer telling a lot of stories. The second one has some people who worked for the security company that's apparently really shady. There's a lot of people exposing a lot of shit that were very close to the situation. So if you haven't seen those and you're interested, watch them. So knowing all the details of the story of what happened to her, I totally get why she doesn't want to be involved in the entertainment industry. And she's taking her fucking time to try to get herself together mentally and, and process things. But my thing is do it or don't. So if you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. I respect that. That's fine. If you're going to drop out these singles like Hold Me Closer with Elton John that had a video that didn't feature her or Elton John that had a cover art that was an old baby photo spliced together, no promotion, nothing. It charted really well. It was in the top 10 on Billboard. That was fucking amazing. But there was nothing like promoting it or doing anything with it. No performances, nothing. Now, a promotional image for this song with Will I Am comes out today, and it's a picture of him and her kind of like photoshopped together. And the picture of her is confirmed to be from a photo shoot in 2003. 2003. That's 20 fucking years ago. She's 40. She was 20 years old in that photo. What are we doing? Why are we doing that? If she's not going to shoot new promotional images because she doesn't want to, then just don't make it a fucking picture of her. Make it something else. All you put in the teaser was text on a black screen. So why do you need to amp it up for the fucking single cover if it's not going to look right? Don't even talk to me about a music video, the conspiracy theories that are on TikTok. Some girl who impersonates her for a living was talking about how, I don't even know if I believe this, that some, somebody reached out to her about filming a music video where she would stand in for Britney and they would deep fake her face on her. Who knows what the fuck is going on? If that's true, we'll wait and see. My thing is do it or don't. If you're not going to put in the effort because you don't want to, cool. But just don't release any of this shit because it's so half-assed that now... 
We can't even be excited about it as fans. It just feels like it's wrong and fucked up. And now we're all thinking back to like the conservatorship days and like, is she really involved in this? Does she really want to be doing this? Or is she just whatever? I don't, it's all so weird and it doesn't make sense. It's so strange. And the crazy part is that in 2016, she released her album Glory, which was probably her best album in 10 years. That album was incredible. And if you listen to songs from the other album, Britney Jean, where it's not her, and you listen to Glory, you can clearly hear the difference. On Glory, that's Britney Spears. That's her voice. Like You can hear it so well. That is an excellent album that didn't even get the love it deserved because they fucked that whole roll up out because our team sucks. Let's not even talk about that. It's crazy. It, it's also crazy to me. So I'm trying to be optimistic, but I have a really bad feeling that this isn't going to turn out to be what we all hope it is. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Friday. Okay, so we have a couple weeks of my partying and hanging out <laughs> while I was on my hiatus that we need to talk about because lots has happened. I'm pretty sure I told you the story about how I ran into the Ocean Beach cops who remembered me from my fucking video <laughs> Whoop! at the bar that I love in the town that I live in. Um, that's so vague. The bar that I love in the town that I live in. That's so stupid. <laughs> We're going to call the bar the black hole <laughs> because I don't want to tell you which one it is just in case. I don't want my spot blown up. And it kind of is the black hole. Like It's the place that you go to at the end of the night. I and I don't believe any respectable person would start their weekend evening out at the black hole, but it's the place you go when everything else closes and you have to have those like two last drinks and you're already in a place. You go to this bar, the black hole, you go there, everything's seedy, people are doing whatever, and nobody fucking talks about it after. What happens at the black hole stays at the black hole. So I told you the story how I went to the black hole after I had been... um out a little bit. I went by myself. Oh, I was with my family. And then I came home. I was kind of drunk from dinner. And I went to the black hole. And I was mad about the fact that it was the pride weekend in my town. So everything was like getting gay. So I go here by myself. I run into the cops. I meet this guy. And he wasn't really like my type physically. And let me explain. I don't really have a type physically. <laughs> Everyone I've dated, as far as my three relationships, look really different, right? I don't really have a type when it comes to, like, ethnicity or looks. It's just, like, I kind of see you and I think you're attractive or I don't. And it's subjective, right? Like, just because I don't think somebody's attractive doesn't mean that they're not. It's just not what I like. There's plenty of people who don't think I'm fucking attractive and I don't blame them and I'm fine with it. <laughs> so I meet this guy. We're having a conversation. The conversation's cool. He's like blonde hair, blue eyes, which is like my least favorite <laughs> if we're going to talk about types. I like dark hair, dark eyes. I like like olive skin. You know, like I, I have that kind of type, I guess, like, but whatever. So he's like blonde hair, blue eyes, not really my thing. But we have this conversation and I like his sense of humor. He's funny. We're like vibing well as far as the conversation goes. He's with a bunch of his friends. I met some of them and we were hanging out like all night. And he was like doing the right things. Like the more we talked and the more we were drinking, the more comfortable we started to get pretty quickly. And he like had his hand on my leg in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Like I like some of that like aggressive shit, almost like I want to feel like 
the bitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I like like masculine energy in guys. So like the way he like had his hand on my leg and was like gripping my leg, the way he did like the right things, we were like making out a little bit. No big thing, right? But I liked the energy of it. Long story short, I ended up there until like four o'clock in the morning and then the bar was closing. The lights came on. I hate when the lights come on at the black hole. Thankfully, I had been out during the day, so I had my sunglasses because in that fucking fluorescent lighting, I will die. My eyes will burn. It's crazy. And then they like didn't want to leave him and his friend. So I'm like, I'm going to go. And they were like, oh, no, 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 we'll drive you home. Don't take an Uber. And I was like, great. And then the guy that I met was like, oh, do you want to come back with me and like have another drink at my house? And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that because I definitely am not having sex with a stranger tonight. And if that's the expectation, I don't know about that. So I looked at him and I was like, yeah, OK, but I'm not fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> and he like kind of like looked at me and stepped back a little bit and he was like and I was like yeah I'm just letting you know like just because we were making out a little bit and like vibing doesn't mean I'm going to come back to your house and like sit on your face like that's not my style you don't get everything on night one so he was like yeah it's fine so we go back to his house we're like making out a little bit so I did not sleep with him because mm -hmm, nope no thank you not from the black hole <laughs> oh my god that has such a double meaning that was not intended so anyway, I hate sleeping out on a whim. It's my least favorite thing, whether it's at a friend's house, wherever it is, family, I don't care. I am a person who needs my stuff. I am high maintenance when it comes to myself. I don't have a hat, <laughs> which sounds fucking stupid and random, but I am not about to wake up in the morning and go out with bedhead. Like, do you, have you seen my hair? It, it is glorious. It is my best physical feature. Well, my ass, but let's people see that. My hair is what I deserve. It's what I love. It is my passion. I blow dry it every day. I make sure it's put together. So when I wake up after sleeping with some last night's hair bedhead, if I have no other option, I need to throw on a hat and I need my sunglasses and I can roll and I can go home and figure it out, right? I want my blow dryer. I want my products. I want my face wash. I want all my shit. So I don't like to sleep out randomly and then wake up tomorrow and put on yesterday's or last night's clothes to go home. It's not my thing, but I did it anyway. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get the fuck out of here. First of all, it's like nine o'clock in the morning and we had been drinking until like five or six a.m. I'm like, what is going on? I got to get the fuck out of here. So I get my shit together. I put all my fucking stuff back on. I'm wearing like my fucking platform Doc Martens that zip up. They're so ridiculous in the daytime. I would never fucking wear them out in the daytime. I don't think. I haven't done it yet. They're like nighttime, going to a club, going to a bar kind of fucking shoes. So I'm putting on this stupid ass outfit, calling an Uber. Of course, the Uber in the middle of the morning is 15 fucking minutes away. I just want to get the fuck out of here. And it wasn't his fault. It wasn't anything that he did. I just wanted to go the fuck home. And I was like, why did I even bother sleeping at this guy's house? Especially because I wasn't going to fuck him when I could have just taken an Uber home. I live six or seven minutes from the black hole and I could have taken a shower. I, that's who I am. Like I have to shower as drunk as I am, whatever time it is. I come home at seven o'clock in the fucking morning. I am taking a shower before I get in bed. So I am fresh and ready to go for the next day. I could have taken a shower, woken up in my own bed and been ready to go. Didn't do that, right? So I leave, I come home, whatever. We don't really talk after that, me and this guy. He texts me <laughs> like two weeks later and says, 
did you leave a rock here? And I said, excuse me, what? I'm sorry. A rock? What are you talking about? He said, yeah, there's been a rock here since you left on my dresser. I'm like, like a rock from outside? And he's like, no, no, no. It's like shine. I'm like, oh, you mean a crystal? Tell me how I took a fucking tiger's eye, a little tiger's eye, tiny piece that apparently I put in my pocket for good luck. Who knows what? I always have a crystal in my pocket and it's usually a black onyx because that's my favorite and that protects me. But I had a tiger's eye for some reason. I don't know. Oh, so before that, I that was the day I went to my grandpa's like um, birthday dinner. So before he passed. I gave him a tiger's eye like a year or so before that. I used to wrap these crystals into necklaces. I made him one with a tiger's eye. I don't remember why for a specific reason. So the reason I took the tiger's eye in my pocket was because we were going to dinner to celebrate his birthday. And it's the first birthday since he's been gone. So it made me feel like kind of connected to the situation. So he's texting me that I left a fucking crystal. And I face palmed literally in real life. I'm thinking to myself like, what has fucking life come to i went home with a stranger who i didn't even intend to have sex with and i left a crystal on his dresser i am not one of those tiktok weirdos with the crystals you know i'm like mildly into the crystals they're around my house i i put one in my pocket sometimes i wear one as a necklace i'm not fucking sitting at home swallowing licking sucking and fucking them like these bitches on fucking tiktok who tell you they're a witch like that's not my style and now i look like a fucking weird like do i care how i look to this person no but i care how i look to myself and i feel like a real motherfucker that i left a crystal at a man's house what kind of shit is that so anyway i told him to keep the fucking crystal because he might need it and the last thing i was doing was driving my ass over to the stranger's house who i haven't seen since to pick up a fucking piece of tiger's eye no fucking thank you Okay, so the next week, <laughs> this is a good one. I don't know if Rachel's going to want me to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. The next week, Rachel and I go out with her two sisters, my brother, and a bunch of my coworkers. A bunch of my coworkers and all of us go to this place, which we'll call... I don't care. The place is called Painters. <laughs> if you're from my area, you know it. The place is called Painters. If you want the address, I'll fucking give it to you. So we go to this place, Painters, that Rachel absolutely loves. Um, and we're all hanging out. We're having a good time. There's a band playing. They're actually alternating between a band that's playing current music and a DJ, which is pretty cool. I prefer the DJ, but, you know, the white girls love the fucking band. It, it's crazy. I like Painters because it's a mixed crowd in the sense that there's people there that are in their mid-20s, late-20s, and it goes all the way up to, like, 40s and 50s. And it's a, it's a nice balance of all those different age groups. And I think that that's a really cool kind of place because the last thing I want to do is go out to some of the places that I've gone to recently where everyone is fucking 23 and I want to kill myself. Um, so that was fun. And then it got kind of lame around like one o'clock and we found out that they stopped serving alcohol around like 1.30 because they are a restaurant that turns into like a bar club atmosphere. So we were like, let's make a move. What's the next move? So we go down to like the downtown area where all the good spots are. And a couple people had driven and the rest of us had Ubered. So we all kind of packed into each other's cars and headed into town. So we walked past one place that we love. They were literally getting raided by the fucking cops. The whole place was empty at like 1.30. Cops everywhere. Everyone got kicked out. 
I don't know what happened there. Then we walk to another place that we love right around the corner and they will not let anybody in. They won't let anybody in for some reason. I guess they decided the doors were shut down. The night's over for them. So we walk back to the main street and we find this other place, which I can't stand. I am not waiting online for a bar. I'm not waiting online to get into a bar. That is ridiculous. This is not a fucking concert. Like, why are we waiting on a line? Hurry up and let the people the fuck in. How long does it take to check an ID? Give me a fucking break. They're like patting people down at the door. I'm like, what do you think this is? This is crazy. Whatever. So we do it anyway, because it's honestly the only place that hasn't been shut down by the cops or the security out front that decided not to let anybody in anymore. And it looks packed. And it looks like people are dancing. It looks fun. So we wait. The line's like, oh, actually, I think we all cut the line because Rachel's sister knew the bouncer. That's right. So I didn't have to wait on the line. And I was super happy about that. So we walked right in. Everybody in the line was pissed. I forgot about that detail. They were given faces. We end up having a great time. So as we moved from place to place, the pack kind of thinned out. So I dragged my two friends downtown from painters that were with us. We were probably in a group of like 15. And as soon as we went to the one specific place that I just said I hate and we cut the line, those two friends dropped out. They were not about going to that place. And I don't blame them for a fucking second because I'm not about going to that place. I just did it anyway because we had to have fun somewhere with this big ass group. We were not about to go home. So they immediately left, right? fine, no big deal. So now we're in this other place for like probably an hour, hour and a half. I am hanging out most of the night with one of my good friend's husbands. She's actually my boss, but she's also my good friend. (laughs) So I invited her husband out. His name is Alex. We've been talking about going out together for a while. Love his personality. Love his vibe. Like definitely going to be a good time. And I know he'll like mix well into the group because we're all out, out to have a good time. So Alex and I are hanging out for the majority of the time that we're in this place that I hate because you kind of got to just pick a friend if you're in a big group in this place because it gets so fucking packed like sardines and people get lost and whatever. You got to pick a buddy and that's the person you stick with and you hope that everyone else around you stays close. But if not, you know, you find each other later. So Alex and I are hanging out. I'm dancing all over the place. The music's great. This very, very feminine guy. Or they. Honestly, I don't know what to call them, him. Because I'm going to assume it's a him because we didn't get to that part. It's not like I'm bothered by it. I am just not attracted to it. So if I'm not attracted to you, I don't want you like all up on me. I have a thing with people touching me when I don't ask for it or they don't ask. It, it's n- no, no. Keep your space. So I'm like dancing and he's over there dancing with his friends. And he like makes eye contact with me and smiles because we were both like, you know, dropping it low. I'm going to put this ass on the floor. So I I was like, woo, you know, I did the little wave, whatever. And then he comes over to me and is like dancing with me. And I'm like letting it rock for a minute because it's, you know, I don't assume that anyone's coming up to me for a flirtatious reason or anything like that. Like, I, um, you know, I'm just being friendly with the people around. I talk to fucking everyone when I go anywhere. It's actually probably annoying to most of the people in my life. Then he turns around and tries to start backing that ass up on me. And I am not about that. Nothing about this is fun to me. Nothing about this is attractive to me. He is like bent over, shaking that ass, doing the woman shit. And look, that's what I do. I want to be bent over on a hot guy that I want to fuck, shaking my ass in the club. 
not the other way around. So I'm like, oh, God, get me out of here. So this is going on, right? And I'm looking back at Alex, and he's fucking cracking up laughing. And I'm like, stop laughing and save me. Like, we have to do something here. I want to go away. How did I get myself into this situation? So whatever. This goes on for like a solid four minutes. And I'm trying to figure out how to respectfully get rid of this guy. Because now he's getting like weird with me. He's like putting his hands too close. He's got his hand on my shoulder. I just don't like what's happening here. And I want to be polite and respectful because he seems really nice and he doesn't mean any harm. And I don't want to be rude and be like, get the fuck out of here. But I also want him to get the fuck out of here. Does that make sense? So I look at Alex and I'm like, do something. And he's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? He's cracking up laughing. So I walk up next to Alex and I grab his arm and I'm like, pretend you're my boyfriend and get me the fuck out of here. So me and Alex are pretending that we're dating my friend's literal husband. And then the guy kind of like catches on and asks Alex how long we've been together. Oh, my God. It was so funny. So then I'm like, we're going to go to the bathroom. I'm looking at Alex. I'm like, we're going to go to the bathroom right the fuck now. So I turn around and I'm like looking around, not looking at the guy, but like looking at Alex. And I'm like, I got to pee. You want to go to the bathroom? And Alex is like, yeah, yeah, let's go to the bathroom. And I'm like, where is it? Why did I say that instead of just saying nice to meet you and walking away from this guy? The guy goes. Oh, it's right back here. I'll show you. Now he's walking us. He's in front. He's walking us to the fucking bathroom. Alex is in front of me. He's turning around, cracking up, laughing. I'm rolling my eyes and being like, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> like, get this guy the fuck out of here. We walk almost to the bathroom. I walk in front of the guy and I look at him and I was like, oh, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. <laughs> and then he turned around and walked away. I was like, thank fucking God. So we went in the bathroom. And I'm like going off about how I want to kill myself after that experience. And I do not want to go back over there and see that person again. So we went out back. We came back and I lost that guy for the night. Thank God. When I went back to my spot where I was dancing, he had left again. He seemed nice. It just was not about to be my vibe. <laughs> I don't want to deal with anything that was happening. And I was trying to remove myself from the situation in the nicest possible way. So now at this point, everyone's gotten a little drunk. It's like 2.30 ish in the morning at this point. And we got to make a move again. There's probably like eight or nine of us left in the group. And we were trying to figure out where we were going to go next, who wanted to go home, who wanted to stay. So I was like, let me get everybody another round of drinks. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. We'll finish these drinks and then we'll figure out what everybody's doing. Give everyone some time to figure out who wants to stay, who wants to go, where we want to go. I know we're going to the black hole before we go home. So I'm like, I want to smoke a cigarette. So Alex and I go outside to smoke a cigarette. Now out back, there's like a big section and then there's a gate around it. And then there's security over by the gate too. And you're not really supposed to like step outside the gate, especially with a drink. But we didn't bring our drinks outside. We left them with the girls. So we come out. We're smoking a cigarette. We step outside the gate and walk on one side of the building, smoking our cigarette, took a pee in the alley. <laughs> Once I start drinking, I got to pee 500 times. It's over. So we come right back around and we're standing right outside the gate, finishing our cigarette. We go to walk in the gate and the bouncer's like, you can't come in this way. And I said, you can't come in this way. What do you, we've been standing out here for five minutes. Well, you can't come in this way. You can't be outside the gate. And this isn't the entrance. I said, what do you mean this isn't the entrance? I've been here all fucking night. You've seen me come out here and smoke a cigarette five times because I'm chain smoking like an animal because I've been drinking. And you watched me stand here for the past five minutes. You know I was already in here. I've got 50 million people inside in my group. 
and I just bought a fresh fucking round of drinks. What do you mean I can't come back in? Well, that's the rules. These Long Island bouncers, I swear, some of them are great. Some of them are real motherfuckers. They act like they're bouncing at the Ritz in fucking Manhattan or a hot club. They think they're at Marquee. Like, go fuck yourself with your trash Long Island bar that everybody's going to because they have nowhere else to go and because they have no taste. Fuck you. So we're like arguing about it for a good minute or two. And then he's like yelling at everybody else because now it's late and they want to close up and they want to start to get everybody out because that takes like a fucking hour. So he's yelling at everybody else that they have to go back inside, like out of the smoking section, that they're going to lock this door. So some loser asshole in the corner starts yelling at me, telling me that it's my fault. And I looked at him and I lost it. I was like, why don't you mind your fucking business? Who the fuck is talking to you? Don't worry about me and what I'm doing. You stay over there in your corner, you motherfucker, and stay over there talking to that girl who doesn't want to fuck you. I can see it all over her face. I didn't say that part to him, but I was thinking it. That bitch is not about to fuck you. Mm -mm -mm. Give it up. Go try somewhere else, you fucking loser. So now I walk around the front with Alex and I'm explaining to the bouncer. He's like, we're closed. I'm like, listen, I got my sisters and my brother and my friends in there. I just bought a round of drinks. I went outside to smoke a cigarette. I stepped right outside the gate. I had no idea that I wasn't allowed to do so. And the bouncer's telling me I can't come back in. I've been in here all night. I want to finish a round of drinks that I just spent fucking $80 on. And then I want to get out of here. No, you can't come in. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So now I walk around the back again to try one last time. And I'm like, listen, you know, I've been here. I just went to the front. They won't let me in because they're closed. I need to get to my sister's and finish my drink and get the fuck out of here. No, you can't come in. I'm like, fuck this and fuck you. So now Alex and I walk back around to the main street and I text the girls and everybody. I'm like, they won't let us back in because we stepped outside the gate. Serious business going on here. They're guarding the Pentagon. They won't let us in. I said, we're going to the black hole. Meet us there. Alex and I walk to the black hole. I walk into the black hole, get a drink at the bar and then go around the bar. And on the side, there's an outside door and they have this huge patio with like picnic tables and lights. There's like a food truck back there. It's such a cool patio to like sit outside in the summer, especially if you're going to smoke a cigarette, smoke a joint, whatever. There's no rules at the black hole. So I walk out into the patio and it's packed. I look to my left and I immediately see someone I recognize and I hit Alex. and I'm like, this is going to be fun. The guy I saw was the guy I told you guys a story about a bunch of episodes ago that I saw on the grind with his blank profile. And he kept telling me like that he knew me and was trying to play like, you know, Mr. Mysterious and wouldn't tell me who he was. And that was fucking weird. So what I did was manipulative and I made a fake profile and <laughs> I sent him fake pictures and then he sent me a picture and then I told him that it was me and that now I knew who he was and then he blocked me and he wouldn't talk to me. And I didn't give a fuck because that was weird as fuck. If you're not going to tell me who you are, then just don't tell me you know me. Just don't answer. Don't fucking tell me, oh, I know you. Uh, you want to play a guessing game of who the fuck I am? No, bitch. Okay? This is not guess who. This isn't a fucking murder mystery. Dumbass bitch. So I look to my left and I see him. And now I had texted him. <sighs> when did that happen? That whole situation happened months ago. And I hadn't spoken to him since. I texted him a few weeks before this because I was like, hmm, I'm going to feel it out. I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to send him a text to see if he wants to hang out. Because he's very cute, and I definitely would um, explore that option on the low-low and never tell anyone. But 
he was all freaked out about the fact that I knew who he was. So stupid. And I still haven't told anyone. I've told you guys in code. I'm not sitting here telling you his fucking government name. And I literally haven't told anyone who would know who it was, who it was. I've actually lied to people and been like, no, you don't know him. <laughs> so I texted him a few weeks prior and I was like, what are you up to? And he said, I'm at my girlfriend's house. Here we go. So far in the closet. Here we go again. So I'm like, what days are you not with her? <laughs> and again, not that I would do that. I wouldn't hook up with somebody who is in a relationship, but I wanted to like see what he would respond. He never answered. So now fast forward, this is like three weeks later, probably. And I walk out into the patio of the black hole. I look to my left and he is there and he is looking good. He's in this like white button down shirt that's like a little open. I think he's like kind of a finance bro now as far as like work, you know, not in the city, but close enough. And he's wearing these like slim fit tight pants and they're like tannish and some sort of boots. I don't know. He looked sexy as fuck. Holy shit. And next to him is this girl who's in like this short, tight dress and she has a face on like she hates her life. And he's standing between her and some other guy. And he's talking to the other guy who also looks like a bro. And I start walking towards him and he looks up and sees me coming towards him. And he looked like he saw a ghost. He had a beautiful tan. He looked like a, a Greek god. <laughs> I don't think he's Greek. But he was looking good. And his face turned flush white. He looked like he had just seen Casper the motherfucking ghost in real life. I walk up to him. I put my hand out and I shake his hand. I'm like, hey, how are you? And I'm smiling like so hard. And he's like, what's up? And I was like, mm, nothing, just hanging out. Immediately, he points next to him and he goes, this is my girlfriend, whatever her name was. So I shake her hand and I'm like, nice to meet you. I used to work with him. And she is just, I don't know what her problem was, but she was not having it with anyone. She had the nastiest face on. She was like, mm. So I looked at him and I was like, good to see you. And I gave him like the nod, like, you're safe. I'm not going to say anything. Don't worry. I would never do that. I was cracking up. Then I walked away and now I'm standing on the other side of the patio, which is only like width wise, probably 10 feet. <laughs> so we're like not that far from each other. He's like on the other side of the room. I'm like, Alex, you'll never fucking believe this. And I start telling him the story. He goes, whatever. He comes back and is standing in the same spot. Now I'm waiting for Rachel. And I'm texting her. I'm like, where the fuck are you guys? It's been like 25 minutes. Like, where are you? She's lost. She's like kind of drunk. She's trying to figure out how to get to the black hole, which is like the easiest walk. You just walk straight and make a left. She's taking forever. So I'm calling her like three times trying to make sure she's okay because we've been drinking. So she finally shows up to the black hole. And I'm like, get over here. And she sits down. I'm like, She's sitting across from me at a picnic table. And I'm like, okay, look at the guy standing in the corner on your left. He's wearing a white shirt. It's kind of open, tan pants. He's standing next to that bitchy looking girl in the black dress. She's like, uh-huh. I'm like, that's the guy. And I start like very gently telling a few details of the story. I'm like, that's him. And she's like, that's him? He's hot. She's like screaming. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. He's been looking over at me ever since I went over there and said hi because he's afraid I'm going to tell him, his little girlfriend that sometimes he likes to suck dick. And I'm not. So shut the fuck up. So then he, whatever, I, don't, I lost him. I don't know what happened to him after. 
Alex hangs out with us. And now th- it's literally just us. It's me, Rachel, and Alex. Everybody else like went home after we were at the other place sometime in the interim in the 25 minutes that everyone was lost. All of our siblings and friends went home because they had had enough. Fine. Rachel and I are always the last ones standing. So Alex hangs out for like a half hour. And then he's like, I got to go. It's like fucking 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning at this point. So he leaves. And then this guy comes and sits down next to me on the bench. So Rachel's at a picnic table and I'm on like this bench that's sideways facing the picnic table. I'm smoking my 46th cigarette (laughs) of the night. And this guy comes and sits down next to me. He like looks at me and he's like, can I sit here? And I was like, yeah, sure. Very cute, like a little tall, kind of skinny, like dressed nicely, wearing glasses, but like cute, very cute. So I'm immediately intrigued because one of two things always happens. I don't really encounter people out a lot being a homo who doesn't go to gay bars and goes to like the regular bars. But I know like signs and like looks, right? So the way he like nudged me and asked if he could sit there and then like looked at me and then started talking to me immediately, I was like, either this guy is just like looking for friends because he's lonely or he's trying to fuck. Let's figure it out. So we're talking for a couple minutes, right? And I'm like, oh, he's cute. Smoking a cigarette. Rachel's on the other side. She's like included in the conversation. And then he says something about his ex-wife and he starts talking about how he has like a a young kid. Right. So I'm like, oh, he's a straight. Forget it. So now I'm like, oh, he's cute, though. Let me pass him off to Rachel. So I don't remember how exactly he moved from sitting next to me. Somehow I like pushed him over verbally and he's sitting at the picnic table now across from Rachel and we're all having a conversation. Then this other guy His name, I don't remember his name. I shouldn't say it anyway. The guy with the glasses who was initially cute, I started calling him Thomas Riddle because I said he looked like Thomas Riddle from Harry Potter. So we're going to call him Thomas Riddle. The other guy who came and sat next to me, he doesn't really need a name because he's not that relevant to the story. So this other guy, there's two guys, two black guys who are making jokes to this white girl about the fact that she couldn't remember the guy's name that she was talking to. She called him the other guy's name. And he was like, what a racist. Do you think I'm my black friend? What do we all look the same to you? And I looked at them with like this face with my mouth open, but laughing. And I started cracking up. So then his friend, the hot one, was like, you hear this fucking shit? And I was like, yo, I'm minding my business over here. So now he comes and sits next to me, the hot friend, and starts telling me about his life and how he's in the army or something and he was like stationed in Africa for like two years and he just got back and he's telling me all the stories about it and I'm like ooh, I love a man in uniform he looks so good and then he starts telling me about like we start talking about relationships talking about how I'm newly single and I, how long can I say I'm newly single <laughs> how long does that last how long till it's not new anymore so whatever he's telling me that he's only ever dated one person in his life of course it's a girl so now I'm like oh, well I'm not getting this either Whatever. So that conversation dissipates after a few minutes. And now I get up and I'm like, I'm going to go inside and get another drink. Rachel and Thomas Riddle have been talking the whole time. And it seems like there's some kind of vibe there. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is like a nice, cute guy she can hang out with. We go in and Thomas Riddle like stayed to finish a cigarette. And I wasn't sure if he was like done with the conversation or if he was going to find us. Right. So we go in. We're doing our own thing. Not bothered. Unconcerned. He comes in. He finds us. He's hanging out with us. I'm like, I'm going to go pee. So I go to the bathroom. I come back. And they're at the bar talking and it looks like it's like a vibing conversation. So I'm like, let me not interrupt that in case there's like something happening. And I'll give Rachel like the eyes and see if it's like something she's into or not in a few minutes. Mind you, we're both pretty drunk at this point, Rachel and I. Like we had a fucking night. 
We've been doing shots. We've been drinking drinks. Like it's four o'clock in the morning. We're like, we're, we're okay, but we're drunk. So I go and sit at the table in the corner, pretty much behind them. I'm on the opposite side of the bar so I can see them. Then the lights come on and I don't have the sunglasses. And I'm like, I want to get the fuck out of here. So they turn around and see me sitting at the table and they come over to me. And they're like, we got to get out of here. And Rachel's like, I'm really hungry. Do you guys want to get food? Let's go to the diner. And I'm like, we're not finding a fucking diner open at 4 a.m. on Long Island. Like, those days are over. Diners are not 24 hours here anymore after COVID. So we start looking for food. Everything's closed. And then finally, we're like, let's just Uber eat something back to the house and we'll go home. And Thomas Riddle offers to drive us home because he hadn't really drank that much. And we were going to Uber and we were like, okay, I mean, I guess if we can't all get food out, we'll just go back to the house and have food. I guess you can come. And Rachel and I have never done something like that. Like neither one of us separately have ever brought home a stray (laughs) from being out to our house, let alone together. (laughs) We both together brought home the same stray. It was weird. So then he's like, oh, um, let's go get the car. He was parked far away in some stupid ass parking lot. So Rachel's like, I'm not fucking walking all the way there in heels. You guys go get the car. So Thomas Riddle and I start walking to go find his car. And it's about a five minute walk. On the walk to the car, he starts telling me about how he thought he was a bisexual once. (laughs) But he's not. And his coworker pulled out his wiener in a car. This whole weird story. And I'm like, I'm confused. So are you, what is this? So anyway, we got in the car, we go pick up Rachel. I'm like very confused at whether this guy is a homosexual or not. So then we go to 7-Eleven, we get some drinks, we get home. And now the Taco Bell comes. Rachel ordered like a hundred dollars worth of Taco Bell. So we're like hanging out, having a couple beers. Now we're outside at this point and it's becoming daylight. And Rachel and I are starting to sober up. And Thomas Riddle is talking about like some weird shit. He like starts coming out with these weird stories about his life and his family. And it's not that it's weird in the sense that you shouldn't talk about it. It's weird in the sense that he was giving us very intimate details about his life and his situations. And we literally had met him like two hours ago. It was just weird. And then we're both kind of looking at each other like, what the fuck did we just get ourselves into? Like, what's going on here? At some point, we figured out that this was weird and we made a fucking mistake and that this guy specifically was fucking weird. So we're in the house. Thomas Riddle like needs some clothes, I guess, because he's in like dress outfit. And I'm like, oh, come downstairs with me. I'll give you like sweatpants and a shirt or whatever. The whole time he's just being weird. We realized that we couldn't figure out which one of us he was trying to flirt with. (laughs) This has never happened to us before where we're like, which one is, I mean, it has in the sense of like, the guy at 7-Eleven that I love and want to be my husband. I'm like, he looks at me weird. Like, I think there's a thing. And she's like, let's go into 7-Eleven and see which one of us he tries to flirt with. And we left and we were both like, it's me. <laughs> I got this one. But never like in a real situation. And now I don't want it anymore. Like, go home, buddy. Time stops until it's about like 6 a.m. And then Rachel and I are both like, we got to fucking go to bed. So I'm looking at Thomas Riddle and I realize like, Rachel's not into this guy and Rachel's not the kind of girl who's going to like hook up with a stranger. Like that's not her thing. She's the farthest thing from that. So this is not a thing. So I looked at him and I was like, well, you have two options. You can drive home if you can, or you can sleep downstairs on my couch because I'm definitely not fucking him. And I 
felt bad like that we brought this guy here when we shouldn't have and then like i don't know if he drank too much to drive I, like I, I don't know what's going on and i never want to put anybody in the position where i'm like you got to go home and then something bad happens or they get in trouble like then i feel responsible so i did that out of like i don't know kindness i guess so i was like you have two options you can head home or you can sleep on my couch i'm going to bed so he's like i think i'll take the couch i said yeah no problem so now come downstairs. I set him up with like a pillow and blanket and stuff on the couch. And then I go in my room. My room is right on the other side of the living room with like two double doors. And then there's this like window cut out shelf. So you can see into my bedroom from the living room. So I'm laying in bed. It's 7 a.m. at this point. And this motherfucker would not go to sleep. He's talking to me from the couch. And I keep trying to like trail off and end the conversation. And he won't shut the fuck up. It's eight o'clock in the morning almost. And I want to go to sleep for a few hours because I have to work tomorrow. And Rachel had like some family party to go to. I finally fall asleep probably by like fucking nine o'clock. I wake up at noon. I look at the ceiling. I'm recalling the previous night. All the shit. And then I remember Thomas Riddle and I'm like, oh, God, I don't hear anything. Right. I'm like listening. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anybody on the phone. I don't hear anybody moving. I don't hear anything. So I'm getting up. I'm like, God, I hope that I walk out into the living room and that this guy's gone. He just fucking went home nine o'clock in the morning between nine and 12. I look over at the couch. I don't see anyone or anything. And I'm like, sick, he's gone. As I'm walking around the kitchen to get to the bathroom, my fucking front door opens. And there Thomas Riddle comes back in from smoking a cigarette. He's talking to me. I'm like trying to move around like I got things to do. I'm like, I got to get ready for work. I got to go to fucking work. So I'm in the bathroom. I'm like getting ready. I come out and I'm like about to go get dressed to literally walk out of the house and try to kick him out. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I take a shower? I said, bitch, what? I got to go to work. I got to leave like now. What do you mean? Do you mind if I take a shower? What kind of person comes to someone's house and sleeps over? I don't even care if you hooked up with them and then says, can I take a shower? Bitch, I don't know you. I don't know where you've been you're not putting my soap all over your body i'm telling you something right now sharing a bar of soap with somebody is more intimate than fucking them i will put your wiener in my mouth long before i will allow you to take my bar of soap and put it on your motherfucking strange body okay i don't know where you've been or what you've been doing put the soap down then he tells me that he left some shit upstairs at rachel's and i'm like Okay, so I call her, I text her. I sent him upstairs to get his shit. And now he won't fucking leave her house. I'm like, what is going on here? So she finally rushes him out of the house. The motherfucker wanted to stay all day. I don't know if he has a job. I don't know if he has things to do. Like, get the fuck out of here. What is going on? Never again. Never again do you bring home a stray person because they will not leave your house. And then he sent me a crazy text the next day talking. He sent me some text about like, uh, to give Rachel his number because I had gotten his number when we were walking to the car uh, or something. So, oh, there was a reason. Oh, I went to put Rachel's number in his phone because I thought he was cute when we were walking to the car. And I wasn't thinking because I was drunk and I texted my own self from his phone. And I was like, fuck me. I texted me. It's Thomas Riddle, meaning to text it to Rachel so that they had each other's numbers. And I fucked that up. So now he texts me for Rachel's number. He sends me this text. And I am rushing out of the house, drive to work, get to work, doing shit. 
we're busy at work and I just forget to respond. And then when I remember to respond, I really don't want to. So then a couple days later, he sends me this crazy long text message about how we're bad people because we talked about having a connection and all this weird shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We said that we don't usually bring people to our house, but that you seemed cool. We were vibing to you. So like, it wasn't scary. It was fine. What do you mean? He, uh, did you think we were going to be lifelong best friends? Then he says something about how he waited around until noon just to get kicked out. Bitch, why the fuck didn't you go home? Did you think we were going to hang out all day? Do you think people don't have things to do? What kind of person are you? It was the craziest text message I've ever seen in my life. And I responded something like snarky and sarcastic. And then he blocked me because the next message I sent to tell him that he was a fucking asshole never delivered. So thank God. See you never, Thomas Riddle. This is a lesson to all of you. Don't bring home strays. Okay. Next and final order of business. The following week after this, I go to the Palm Tree Music Festival out in the Hamptons. The Palm Tree Music Festival is Kygo's music festival. That I think this was the third year that they've done it. And they take it to a bunch of different cities. There's always sick DJs playing. So I see it's Kygo, Calvin Harris, Loud Luxury, Sam Felt, Chantel Jeffries. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm missing anyone. So anyway, the reason that I wanted to go to this music festival was because obviously, if you know me, I'm obsessed with running into Dave Portnoy and giving him my two-minute pitch so that I can convince him to sign me a bar stool and pick up this podcast. And it will happen. It's just not yet. So I know that he was there last year because I wanted to go and do the same thing last year. But at that point, I hadn't had enough episodes out. I was like, there's really nothing to show for. I'm not ready yet. But next year, I'll be ready. So I buy a ticket with this plan in place. I got my business cards ready. I'm ready to go. I'm in the Uber practicing my two-minute pitch in case I do run into him. Now I'm seeing that on his like Snapchat and Instagram the day before, that Dave Portnoy is in Montauk. So I'm like, oh, this is a surefire thing. They were opening in some city of a bar, a bar stool bar. <laughs> that sounds funny. And he didn't go to the grand opening. Every fucking person at Barstool was on the flyer and he said he wasn't going and he's out in Montauk. So if he's not going to the opening of his company's bar, this big event, why would he be out here in Montauk, like close to the Hamptons? It wouldn't make sense unless he was going to the festival, which he seemed to enjoy because he went last year. I'm like, this is it. This is a surefire hit. So I go to the festival. The first drama was that it was supposed to rain and it was very gray. And I was like, if this shit gets rained out and my plan gets ruined, I'm going to be fucking pissed. So I get to the festival with my VIP ticket because that's where the magic happens if you're trying to find anyone. So. I'm walking around. I got a drink. I realized when I got there that all of the drinks, like the canned drinks, like the seltzers and the different kind of drinks were included in the price of the VIP ticket. So here I am saying I can't drink because I'm here to do business. And if I find this motherfucker, I have to be ready to go and, and coherent. And then they tell me that all the alcohol is included. I could drink as much as I want. So I started having a drink. <laughs> So I'm walking around. I'm trying to find like my place where I want to stand and see some of the show before I plot what I'm going to do. I went by the entrance and in the back, like where they were pulling in the VIPs to go through the back entrance. I watched a couple trucks pulled up. He's not there yet. I'm like, right, I got to I got to plot how I'm going to get myself backstage. So I walk around to this one side of the general admission area by the stage and I'm watching Loud Luxury play and they're really great. If you haven't seen them on TikTok, do their mixes. It's fire. 
So then I'm plotting my move. So I run into this guy that I know from high school and I've seen him like a bunch of places I've run into him in more recent years. So whenever I see him, I'm like, what up? So I run into this guy and we're talking about the festival, whatever. Then if beyond the stage, like on the side is the entrance to like backstage right behind that is like this elevated platform on the side of the stage where like the super VIPs are that are like invited guests of the artists and stuff. And I guess like the most famous people that are there, which wasn't many, but he sees this guy who's apparently a football player. His name is Braxton, Braxton Barrios, I think. I don't know. I don't know anything about fucking football. But he used to play for the Jets, and now he's on the Dolphins. So he's, like, screaming his name. He's like, I'm going to get him to come over here. And next to him is this girl who's in this really cute, like, festival outfit and a hat, big hat. And I'm like, who's that girl? And he's like, oh, that's his girlfriend. I think she's famous. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck she is, but okay. The football player comes over. He's like talking to them, taking pictures with them. The girlfriend walks by. I'm like, ooh, she's cute. She looks good. But I don't know who she is. So I plot my move and I take my opportunity when I have it. And I snuck backstage where I didn't belong. And it's really easy. I'm going to give you my tips for festival sneaking backstage because I did this at Governor's Ball too and I walked around backstage looking for Rufus Dussol but they were already gone and then my soul was crushed. <laughs> you just have to look like you belong. Wear some kind of lanyard even if it's not the right pass. Wear something that looks like it. Put on your fucking sunglasses. Look the part. Usually, not this time, but usually I'll be like dressed in almost all black so I look like I kind of fucking work for somebody's crew. And be on the phone. Be on the phone. Walk fast. Look like you belong. Look like you're too busy to be stopped because you've got things going on. So that's exactly what I did. I pulled out my phone, pretended I was on the phone, put my shades down and walked in there like I belong there and nobody fucking questioned me. So now I'm literally back fucking stage. So now this festival is going on at an airport out in the Hamptons, like a private airport. So it's just a big field that they build all this shit on in the stage. So I'm walking around. It's all grass in the back and I'm scoping out the area. So now you have the stairs where you get to the stage where there's more security, the stairs where you get to the elevated uh, rich people, invited guests, famous people section. And then if you walk in the back, it's like the catering for the artists and a bunch of like porta potties. And I'm like, look, I know that there's only so many options you have in an outdoor event. But in the VIP section I was in, they had these beautiful bathroom trailers that were way better than a porta potty. Why is this the area for the artists and the crew? And they have literal actual porta potties. Disgusting. Beyond the porta potties, you can make a right out into the. It's not really a parking lot, but if you make a right outside of the gate, there's like the super, super VIP artist section. So now there's all these tents set up. I'm looking through the porta potty, through the vent to see what's going on on the other side. There's all these like bougie tents set up that almost look like stores, like little boutiques, but they're tents. And that's where like, the artists and the invited guests, like the super, super, super VIPs hang out and there's food back there. There's all this shit. I'm like, God, I hope they have better bathrooms back there because this is not it for these people. So I'm walking around and I realize if Dave Portnoy shows up, he's going to walk right through this gate. This is the entrance and he's going to walk right into my face and I'm going to fucking go for it. So I'm waiting around. I'm looking around. I sit down. I'm like trying to be inconspicuous. I don't want to look like I don't belong. So I'm hanging out. Nothing happened, right? Then this seven foot tall man comes walking by me and I look up and I realize it's fucking Calvin Harris. I love Calvin Harris. I'm like, oh my God, I can't be weird. So I call Rachel. I'm like, Calvin Harris just walked by me. She's like, go talk to him. 
I was not about to say, hey, Calvin Harris, I have a podcast and I really would love to interview. I was not about to do that. Nope, nope. I will tell anyone anything. I will take any opportunity to try to make the best of it. I was not about to try to interview Calvin Harris. So I'm walking towards where the food is, where he is, and I like stand next to him. He's talking to someone on one side of him. I'm on the other side of him. There's someone on the other side of me. So I'm thinking about like, what do I do? How do I get his attention? So I start like inching over towards him. We're standing next to each other. I start inching over towards him and I like nudge his arm and he snaps his head around and looks at me. And I thought to myself as this joke came out of my mouth, I was thinking, this is either going to be really good and funny or this is going to be so fucking corny and I'm going to go home and kick myself in the face. I nudged Calvin Harris and I looked at him and I said, weird, I feel so close to you right now. (laughs) And he cackled. He started laughing and I was like, yes, in my head. So Calvin Harris laughed at my joke and I will be putting that on my resume for future reference. I had a solid five minute conversation with Calvin Harris about music and so many like weird things. It's like a blur. It just happened so fast, but it was really cool. My life was made at that point. And then I didn't want to be weird. I didn't want to be like, hmm, can I take a picture with you? Because I was trying to look like I belonged there and I wasn't a fucking weirdo. So I didn't ask him. And then like two hours later, he came walking through with Kygo and everybody was like coming up to him. And I was like, OK. So then I went and took a picture with him because at that point I realized I didn't have the balls to ask him for anything else like an interview. So I just was like, mm, well, just take a picture. So I go to the porta potty in the back where the artists are. And now it's dark at this point. And this had been the point where I realized that like the festival's going to end soon. There's like Kygo's set is halfway through. I watched Kygo's set from backstage. It was so fucking cool. Then Calvin Harris was going on and he was the closer. So I was like, if Dave Portnoy was coming to this fucking festival, like he would have been here by now. Like he's not going to come just to see Calvin Harris in the, in the night when everybody's already fucked up and drunk. Like if anything, he would have come earlier and left by now. He's not coming. So I didn't feel defeated because I knew it was a 50-50. I knew it was just taking a chance. And honestly, I ended up having so much fun. And the Calvin Harris conversation and the whole thing was like so worth it that I wasn't upset. There will be another time where I'll fucking stalk him out and find him. So now that I know that he's probably not coming, I start drinking, right? So now I'm a little drunk. I go all the way in the back to the porta potties where like the artist section is. Because I'm like, I got to pee real bad. And I know if I pee in the grass somewhere, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'll just use the porta potty because thank God I'm a boy and I could stand up. So I'm standing on line for the porta potties and I look over and I see the football player and the girlfriend and they're talking to a bunch of people. So the girlfriend's like in the line next to me, but next to me, if that makes sense. So we're standing like, you know, side by side. So I'm looking at her and she looks over at me and I'm like, I love your hat. Your outfit's so cute. And she was like, Thanks so much. And we got into like a very, very brief conversation. And she goes into the porta potty. And the girl on the other side of her goes, Do you know who that was? And I was like, Who, who was? She was like, The girl in the hat. That's Alex Earl. And I said, Who's Alex Earl? And she said, Do you have TikTok? Like, disgusted with me. She was a young girl. She was like, Disgusted with me. I was like, Yes, I have TikTok, but like, I'm old. I'm not on it like that. I don't know like who's on TikTok. She's like, oh my God, that's Alex Earl. She's everything. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess she's everything. So I go in the porta potty. I take my PP and I come out and she's standing over there and I'm looking at her and I'm like, I don't think I've seen her face before, but like maybe I have. I don't know. But I also don't know the very famous football player that she's apparently supposedly dating. 
So I text my friend Taylor because she's like, you know, the queen of the 20 somethings. And I'm like, do you know who Alex Earl is? And she's like, oh my God, I love her. I DM her all the time. She never reads it. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So I have no service to look up this Alex Earl character. I have no service. So I text Taylor and I'm like, all right, well, I just talked to her and she's, she was cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to go take a picture with her and send it to you. And she's like, oh my God, yes. So then I can't find her and I'm like over it. So now at this point, I'm like, all right, nothing is going on here. I'm going to walk out from backstage and I'm going to sneak into the other VIP section where the tables are right in front of the stage because I want to see Calvin Harris play up close and personal. I have wanted to see Calvin Harris for so long and it never works out. So now I'm up front waiting for him to start and I look up into the side section and there's Alex Earl and her maybe supposed boyfriend. And all day they were like, very publicly, you know, all over each other in the sense of like, it was clear they were a couple, not in like a gross way, but they were a couple. Watch Calvin Harris go to leave. When I tell you it was an absolute nightmare, I Ubered there. It was an absolute nightmare to get an Uber out of the fucking middle of nowhere Hamptons in the airport. It was out of fucking control. People were stranded there for hours trying to get Ubers and Lyfts. People were driving by in taxis trying to like up the price, telling them it would be $150 to drive them home a half hour away. People were so desperate they were doing it anyway. I got stuck there for like two and a half hours trying to get a fucking Uber. Standing outside the airport, my legs are hurting from standing all day and dancing at the end of the night. And I am fucking livid by the fact that I have to wait so long. So I go home finally. I wake up the next day and I'm like, I got to I got to look up this Alex Earl bitch. I got to see what this is about. Right. So I go on TikTok and I look her up. She's got like three million followers on TikTok. She's got like 50 million and thousand followers on Instagram. I'm like, this bitch is serious. I'm scrolling through her thing and now I'm getting into it. Now I search her name on TikTok and I'm seeing that all of these rumors are going around. There's all these people making videos about her and her supposed boyfriend. Are they dating? Was he with his ex-girlfriend when he started seeing Alex Earl? Is this true? Is this not? There's no evidence. There's like one picture of them out at dinner. But then I'm thinking back and I'm like, wait, at the festival, they were not hiding it. So apparently that was like their first public event out together. They're letting like photographers take pictures of them. They're dancing in the in the plain view of everyone else. And that's when I remembered how annoying I think people are when it comes to people who are famous or like well-known. Everyone's got their phone out. So like I'm talking to Calvin Harris. The last thing I'm going to do is pull my phone out and try to take a fucking video of him in his face. Like that's fucking weird. But everyone is filming Alex Earl and her football player boyfriend from afar. They're just taking videos not even close to them, not with them, just of the two of them existing and interacting with each other. It makes no sense to me. It's so strange. What are you going to do with that video? You're going to post it on TikTok so you can get a couple views because you stalked Alex Earl and her boyfriend from afar? You fucking weird. Like, it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced how people act when they see someone who's famous or well-known. They lose their minds. Why? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. What I will say is that everyone who came up to her or called her name or asked her for a picture, she was so sweet to everyone. And I love when people are like that. So now I'm in a rabbit hole watching Alex Earl TikToks. And then she makes this one video where she takes off the filter on the TikTok and shows like what her real skin looks like because apparently she has some issues with her skin. And I fell in love with her at that point because you know me and the skin issues. Like anybody who's showing that and talking about it, I'm on board because that's my problem. So I just like scrolled through all her shit and I was like, wait, 
I'm obsessed with Alex Earl. I fucking love this bitch. And I don't even get into TikTok bitches like this. But now I love her. And I had no idea who the fuck she was yesterday. And had I known who she was yesterday and that I would love her, I would have had more in that conversation where we were kind of drunk. I think she was kind of drunk too. And I would have been like, here's my business card, bitch. I want to talk to you about your life because you are cool as fuck. And then I didn't. And it's the next day. And now I realize I'm obsessed with her. So missed opportunity. And also TikTok stars, they're just like us because Alex Earl did use the porta potty. And now I like her more because I realize that she's not a high maintenance bum ass bitch. And she just went into the porta potty in her cute little festival outfit, did her business and came back out to party. What a missed opportunity. So Alex Earl, if you hear this, if you see this, let me know if you would like to come on my show and talk about how I had a conversation with you briefly and didn't know who the fuck you were, but now I'm obsessed with you. Yeah. Is your management or agent or whatever going to support that conversation? I don't know, but I'm open to it. Let's go. Who the fuck knew not me? Anyway, the festival was insane. I had a good time. I was not discouraged by the fact that I didn't find Dave Portnoy because I will find him at some point. And yeah, that's that. So I hope you enjoyed my solo episode stories after my unplanned brief hiatus. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll see you bitches next week. Later.